It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This was Saga feel like in the nighttime. Watch what she do when the light shine. Hello, everyone. The G League is back, and so are we. Welcome to another episode of West Side Stories, your Raptors 905 podcast. I'm Kelsey, joined by my always co-host, Dwayne Notice. Dwayne, how are you? I'm good. I hope everybody had a good New Year's and an even better holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody out there. It's been a while since we've been on, but I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that the G League's back as well. And Christmas, we have a, a very late Christmas present for you, uh, Raptors 905 fans. We are joined today by our very special guest, former and now current Raptors 905 member, Aaron Best. Aaron, thank you for taking the time today to talk to us. How are you? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Good, good. So let's just jump right into this. How did you end up back here? Because what is this, four years later? Yeah, so it's it's a funny story, but I'll make it short. Uh, basically, I was waiting for the right opportunity to go back overseas, and just all the roads just seemed to lead me right back home, I guess, if you want to call it, um, in more ways than one, just led me right back here. So, I mean, I'm here now, and I'm excited for, you know, what's to come. I think it's awesome that you came back. Um, it's kind of like your second tour around. Having a different coaching staff, having a whole new nucleus of players, also having a new system. How is that adjusting to to playing with returning with nine to five? Uh, it's been cool. Like um, it's new, it's new faces, new people. But I mean, some some members of the staff I've I've had uh, experience with before. Like I've I've met uh, Coach Matumbo before. Um, Ashton, I'm obviously close with because you know, just growing up playing ball in the city. And everybody, everybody's been really, really positive, really welcoming. And, you know, the G League is, is a lot of change regardless from like week to week. So that's just the nature of it. So, I mean, it was bound to be different, but I mean, it's not, it's not as different as you would think. It's been a pretty smooth process. So people listening might not know this, but the G League, when you go overseas, technically, most teams still have your returning rights, but that wasn't the case for you. So you signed a general G League contract and then ended up back with the 905, right? Yeah, um, because they can only they can only hold your rights, I think, for like two or three years, I think, after you played. So I was outside of that, so I had to go a different avenue. And um, I'm grateful uh, for you know the organization, for Chad and everybody, uh, for seeing value in me coming back to the team and, and wanting me back. And I'm happy to be here. And was that a conversation you had to have? Like, okay, I'm going to sign a contract. You guys better pick me up two minutes after. Uh, no, it was more. It was more um, just like background, like you know, administrative stuff that had to get handled first. Because, like you said, like my the time had passed, and we had to you know figure that out. But um, yeah, we made it work. And like I said, it's it's exciting. I'm happy to be here. For a long time, especially the last few years recently, you've been a staple with Team Canada. And I've noticed that, you know, playing in the windows, especially being one yeah. of your teammates, um, I've seen that you were doing that, you know, really frequently playing at a high level. Is that something that you chose as an opportunity to kind of stay in shape, get reps up? Because um, I know you were here training pretty much for the past year. 
Um, so how, how has that been playing with Team Canada? Is that something that you look forward to because it allows you to stay sharp for these moments right here? Absolutely. Every time you get to play, you know, for the national team, it's an honor. And it makes it even more more fun when you get to do it with, you know, guys you grew up playing with, playing against. And um, even new guys that come around and come play, you know, you get to exchange stories. You get to, you know, get to meet, you know, guys you haven't necessarily you know, maybe you heard of them, but you never got to actually meet them. Um, so I think, you know, through the national team windows, it's been a great opportunity to, you know, just catch up with guys and at the same time, you know, meet, you know, new teammates and develop new relationships. And it's definitely a lot of fun and I definitely look forward to it. And I'm happy that, you know, um, those calls keep coming and, and it's an honor, like I said, to, to play for the country. So anytime they ask, I'll, I'll go. Now, we see Delano Banton come down a lot. I know you're a few years older than him, but do you have any experience playing with him or playing with any of the other Canadians around the G League? Honestly, um, Delano uh, specifically, no, I haven't. I've only, like I said before, like I've only heard of him, but I never actually got to you know see him or, or play with him. I met, I got a chance to meet and play with uh, AJ Lawson this past window. And he's a young Carolina Gamecock. Sorry, I thought it. Yeah, I know. Always. I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, I got the chance to meet uh, AJ and play with AJ. And AJ is is special, and he definitely has a lot of a lot of potential to be like an amazing, an amazing player. And you know, I look forward to the opportunity. Um, you mentioned Delano. I look forward to the opportunity to meet him and and get to play with him. You know, being a, a they, there's this title they throw around the NBA now, especially in the league, the three and D. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of that term, I can't think of anybody who embodies that more than you. But knowing you almost my whole life, you know, working out, playing with you, playing against you, I know there's so much more to your game. You come into 905 being the head of the snake on defense. How much pride do you take playing defense? And I noticed that since you joined the team, the elevation of defense in terms of, you know, everybody being in gaps, everybody having their hands up rotations are smoother, they're tighter, everybody's more vocal on defense. How does it feel being someone who embodies just that 3 and D, but also being so much more as a basketball player? Honestly, it's it's a, it's an honor to to have that kind of, you know, trust from from your coach, you know what I mean? Like to take on the big assignments, to take on the, the big matchups. As far as like the team now, I think what I do, I feel like is a small part of the bigger picture, you know, like we've all taking this opportunity to have a fresh start and have a fresh you know, opportunity, a fresh shot at a new season. And um, I think everybody just has that renewed uh, mentality, renewed um, perspective. And I think, you know, everybody's just trying to focus on just getting better from, you know, the coaching staff organization all the way down. And I think that, you know, we've taken, we've started to take those steps and, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, keep growing in that, in that way. If you could see Dwayne and I's text messages, you would know that the last two games was just all we talked about was you and how you immediately came in and had this impact and this this leadership that we hadn't really seen up to this point this season. Is that something that you knew you were going to do going in or is that something that was kind of assigned to you to be this leader or is it who you are naturally as a person? Honestly, I think that it's just I don't really think about that kind of thing. Honestly, myself, I just try to focus on like what my responsibility is and and just try to execute that to the best of my ability and hope that, you know, it can bring the level of the team, you know, even higher and so that we can be that much better and be more successful 
I just try to focus on, you know, my role and what my job is and just try to do that the best way I can. I think it's a natural thing, to be <laughs> honest. I, I just, AB is one of those guys that you love to play with him and hate to play against him. <laughs> He's definitely instilled in me just, you know, like I said, through training, through practices, especially with Team Canada, it's just never take a playoff. And in practice, he's one of those guys picking me up full court. And I'm just like, bro, we're in practice. <laughs> that mentality is what instills a lot of, you know, importance when it comes to game time. And it's imperative that these guys look at that and see that from leaders like you, whether it's on the defense or the offensive. And I think that's really something that he's good at. And it's, it's, it's natural. I think it's something that a lot of guys pick up from and feed off of. Yeah, we noticed that in the two games. Um in the beginning of, well, I guess the regular G League season now, we noticed that that was something that you brought with you. And I just want to ask, so you two have known each other since you were kids, right? What is your first memory of each other? My first memory of Dwayne, I'd have to say, was I think I was about, I was about maybe 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne was a couple of years younger than me. And we had like uh, these training sessions down at UFT. And it was every, it was Wednesdays and Sundays, Wednesdays and Sunday nights. And we would go there, we would lift, and then we'd have these workouts. And um, it was like my first, like it was early on in my um, developmental like stages to where I was starting to take basketball more seriously. And it was like, I got to play against guys from all over the city and, and train. And Dwayne was one of those guys and Dwayne was younger than everybody. So it was like, Dwayne was like the, the prodigy. Like he, like his, he, Dwayne was like, Dwayne was like uh, already built like a a guy that's like, (laughs) he was, he was younger than everybody. And everybody was trying to figure out like, who, who is this kid? Like, um, but yeah, that was probably my, I was probably like 15 or 16 back then. That was a long time ago. Dwayne, what about you? You just aged us, Kelsey. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like three years ago. I remember the 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 similar just what he said. Cause I remember being like he talked about me being younger. I remember just getting the opportunity to play against all these guys in the city who were older. Um, you had guys like Jermaine Anderson who were literally at the prime of their careers. So you had a whole bunch of players, and it was also a program that had females as well. There was a lot of female mm-hmm. hoopers that you know are from the city and the GTA that were in that in that program. And I just remember just seeing him and just seeing how hard he worked. Like I said, that's one of the things I feel like I've kept with me since knowing Aaron is just that having that work ethic. I think that is something that's very um, key to have as a professional and not just as a basketball player, but something that I, I keep in, in mind when I live my everyday life. And Dwayne, you came to the 905 when you first joined as a tryout player, right? Yes. Aaron, were you a tryout player as well? Because you you went through the U sports route. So you're basketball journey is not the traditional one yeah so i after so after i came out of ryerson um i did one year in lithuania and then i came back home and um i ended up signing um to be to go be a tryout player so i went to the tryout um and it's a pretty funny story because i nate mitchell who i was training with um, was on the staff at that time and I like I didn't even tell him I was coming or nothing like that I just kind of just went and um yeah I ended up making the team and the rest is history just wish we were able to get a championship but it was still a great it was a great uh a great journey and a great opportunity oh yeah opportunity to get one now 
<laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, we came close the year the league shut down, so anything's possible. What What is that like for you, Being having such a non-traditional path? Is it that much harder, or is it something that you you kind of take pride in? Um, I mean, I feel like it depends on how you look at it. You can you can look at it as yes, it is different. It's it's um, harder, but I just try to, like I said, I just try to like do the best that I can when I can, you know, and with ever with whatever opportunity I'm given. Usually, when I go places, it's not too many other guys that have played in Canada. Like there's not that many of us when you go overseas. It's mostly NCAA guys. Um, but you know, it's it's a challenge in itself to to prove, you know, Canada as basketball talent too and that our leagues are respected too so you know it just depends on your perspective and how long were you in lithuania for because Dwayne, you were very similar again you did a very brief stint in poland right before trying out for the 905 how long aaron were you in lithuania i did a a season out there so about eight months eight or nine months was that the year that the ball brothers were there as well i think that might have been the year before i was there the year before okay I think so, yeah. Yeah, he made it all the way through, Kelsey. I didn't, I didn't make it. <laughs> it's hard. About that. <laughs> uh, but that's a good transition. Though. I wanted to ask you, what do you think the main difference is, plural or one, um, between playing overseas in Europe or FIBA in competition and then playing in the G League? Well, where do you find – for myself, I feel like, uh, you know, the three and the key – Rule mm-hmm. definitely helps out because that's you're huge. able to beat your defender, and then it, it's, that is huge. It's, it's way easier to make reads. It's like a drill because if if someone comes and helps, you kick it out. If not, it's an easy bucket, or for you, it's a dunk. <laughs> for me, I'm tapping, I'm tapping the pad, I'm tapping the glass. But um, yeah, what's what what's, what are some of the things that you notice? I notice it's just like it's way more physical in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things I notice for for a fact, and it's the ball movement, and how they play, and everything. So, what are some of the things that you think are different? Uh, well, you mentioned one of them. One of the big ones is, you know, the defensive three seconds in the key. That's a that's a big adjustment. Like it's not, you know, with the NBA game, it's it's a little bit more isolation. So in Europe, you can't do that really. Like you don't have the time to do that because I mean, you can if you want, but there's going to be a big a big man down there waiting for you. You know, so it, you can't really can't really do that. You got to find you know, different opportunities to to make it like quicker, mm-hmm. quicker movements, quicker actions, um, physicality, like you mentioned, and just like the speed of the ball movement is like, is a little bit different. Like your reads have to be so much quicker. And, and the biggest one is like the game is longer in the G League, right? And it's noticeable. Like when yeah. you, when you go from playing FIBA and then you go to the, to the G League or, or the NBA, like it's, it's noticeably longer. Like those couple minutes every, you know, every quarter it adds up and yeah, this, the game is longer and like the pace is a little bit, it can be like a little bit faster at times and then a little bit slower at times. It's like, you don't really, you know, in Europe, it's kind of like one steady quick pace because the game is shorter, less possessions, you know, um, but I mean, I, I like both. I don't know, like it's, a, it's an interesting uh, comparison to make, honestly. Is it a hard jump going from FIBA rules to NBA G League rules? Like, do you kind of get stuck in your mind and go, oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm playing in a different league now. Uh, not really. I feel like I feel like now 
I've kind of been able to dip my foot in both. So I think I'm kind of comfortable with both, but I feel like if I were to have one or the other, um, just throughout, I definitely think the adjustment would be harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you're from the East, right? Which, which part are you from? I don't want to get this wrong. I know when I say, you know, Kaza's from Scarborough or Oshawa or Pickering, he gets upset and corrects me and says Ajax. To me, anything <laughs> of Yorkdale <laughs> to me is just East. So talk about your upbringing, um, where you're from, and how it is being from the East and now being Central in the West, uh, Saga City, and playing for Raptors 905. I'm from Scarborough. Um, yeah, I'm from Scarborough. And growing up, growing up in Scarborough was cool. I had a pretty chill like relaxed childhood. Um, when I started to play basketball more seriously is when I started to go to other places around the city and get to see, you know, different players and different areas and different, like, I went to school at Eastern, Eastern Commerce. They should probably reopen that when they get a chance. Um, but yeah, I got to, you know, when I got to go to Eastern, that was like, when I got to really see like, all the different parts of the city just you know because everybody went there from you know different parts of the, the city like they came from all over um but and then i went to ryerson and that was downtown toronto so that was like really like real city living like and, and going to school and now you know being in, in mississauga again for the second time it's it's cool man like i it's kind of comfortable for me now because I've kind of been out here before and it's nice. It's, it's chill and I enjoy it. Like I'm a very like relaxed person. Like when I'm not playing, like I, I like to chill and stay at home and, and, and just relax. So I have one question before we jump into what we're going to call the ultimate Aaron best playlist. A few of your teammates have been asking me where to get the best oxtail in Mississauga. Now you've both been spent a couple seasons there. So hopefully mm -hmm. you can give them the answer. Where is the best oxtail in Mississauga? Oh, I don't know. My granny lives in Scarborough. Oh. <laughs> hey. I can't tell you. That was a great answer. I can't tell you. That was a great answer. I can't tell you. That's where I go when I need oxtail. If you have access to you know the Caribbean household and where they make those type of meals the greatest they put some love in it then you got to make sure you go there all the time yeah. you ain't got to go anywhere else yeah i'm spoiled in that way so if your teammates are listening or if they get word don't be surprised if they show up at your grandma's house oh no there's only 10 people allowed in the house right no, now we can't do that <laughs> restrictions sorry restrictions sorry <laughs> that's funny i i have a question um what Growing up, because I, I don't even know this answer, is, is there any players in the NBA or even in the city that you kind of mimicked or looked up to um, in terms of, you know, someone that you played like or someone that inspired you? Just, you know, me being from born in Toronto but raised in Vaughn, literally if it wasn't for Vince Carter, I don't even think, and Raptor Ball, I don't even think that I'd be playing basketball. Like, he really popularized it and made it real. Um, something that's tangible for me to actually want to go after and have ambition towards. So is there any players in the city, whether it's, you know, NBA players or whether it's players just in the city? You talked about going to Eastern Powerhouse. You guys had a lot of players that went through there, um, set the tone and kind of, you know, led the way for some of these hoopers that are playing right now. I think for me, for me, when I was growing up, um, definitely Vince was was huge, was huge for me. Um, like really, really big. I wanted to like, I had jerseys. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do all that stuff. Um, 
Vince, um, Dwayne Wade, and Kobe, rest in peace. Those were my three like huge like NBA um, influences. Um, as far as guys in the city, I mean, there was there's a long long list of guys that I've seen and played against that were like in our in our time like growing up. They we all thought like you know these were like the best players like ever that we'd ever seen um, and like legends really and truly like really we think about. Um, like Javon Shepard, like when I was when I was coming up and in Scarborough, like that was the name that I heard, like West Hill, the West Hill games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we had look Daniel Mullins at Laurier, the things he was doing. Mm-hmm. And like there was there's just a lot. And when I got to Eastern, I was essentially thrown into the fire because it's it's like it's just you, everywhere you turn, it's like it's dogs. Like you have yeah. to you just have to survive like you know um there's there's a bunch of players like from from eastern marvin binney jerome brown Owen bigby like guys that i had to you know these are guys that i had to um guard and practice and get cooked every day to you know before you have to start honestly i think that's where you know that's where like it kind of the defensive thing kind of really hit for me like it was always a mainstay for me like from when i played like oba and stuff with jamba and and that stuff and but when i got to eastern it was literally survival of the fittest it's like do or die like (laughs) my first day of practice i remember randall's like okay go guard go guard uh marvin and alway and jerome full court go like that was my introduction you know like were you there at the same time as Junior Kadugan? Because his high school no, mixtape is listen, Junior Kadugan. Listen, I'll say this right now: Junior's my guy. Listen, that is one of that is one of Toronto's basketball legends. Like, it's I really, I don't care what anybody has to say. Like, no, I, I remember guy. his high school mixtape, and I was like, "This is LeBron." <laughs> this is- <laughs> Different. Nah, Different. Junior was definitely, and he still is hooping. Man among boys. Man among boys, like it's crazy. It shows though, like I said, you know, you you definitely someone that takes extreme pride on defense, and that's you know something that I try to pick up in my career and have my mantra be. Um, it's like you take it personal. It's just super competitive, representing the underdogs. Someone who you know is a is a high flyer. I w- I want to know this: what is a better play for you? Uh, uh, dunking on somebody catching a body or taking a game-winning charger block okay can i ask a question yes <laughs> does do we win the game where i get the dunk or no in my fact the dunk is to win the game that's the buzzer beater that's the buzzer beater yeah young aaron would say young aaron <laughs> would take the dunk me now would probably say the charge would do it wow maturity yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm weighing in on this like I'm not 5'5 five five and as athletic as a snail. I'm like, of course, the dunk. <laughs> See me, I'm choosing the dunk because, you know, I'm a breakaway dunker. So if I oh. get an opportunity to catch a body somehow, like, but I understand exactly what you mean because defense is what, and, and like I said, growing up, just, you know, someone that's looked up to you, I've always noticed that is 
despite who you are on the court offensively, if you could guard your yard and play defense at a high level, the coach is going to find a way for you to always be on the floor, especially in critical moments, especially in critical moments. And I think that's something that a lot of these young guys, especially in the G League, who, you know, they probably come into the G League, they want to score a whole bunch of points because they think that's how you get to the next level. But if you do the type of things that you do, which is run the floor hard, get to the corners, uh, be unselfish, you know, make the extra pass, you know, take the open shot, attack closeouts and make good reads, and then also defend at a high level, um, not let anybody get past you, help when you need to help. I think those are things that are key to helping you stay on the floor, no matter who else you're playing with. Because when I played at 905 my first year, I had some dogs and, you know, Chris Boucher and Jordan Lloyd and a whole bunch of other guards to the point where, you know, there was no reason for me to be on the court, to be honest, but because I brought that defensive mentality, you know, Jama had the trust and the faith in me to keep me on the court. And, you yeah. know, that's something that I got from you. So I just want to, you know, tell you that I appreciate you for that. Give you your flowers here. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that, that sure, you see, of Dwayne guarding Taco Fall, we can thank you for it. It's good that they're possible if it wasn't for AB. <laughs> Oh man, no, I feel you though. That's it was kind of that was the kind of my story too. With um, when I was on the team at first, like I, like I was a trial guy, and we had a bunch of NBA players on our team. Really, if you think about it, at the time we had, I would say like five, maybe five or six guys that were like in the NBA. Like you had, we had Lorenzo, we had Lorenzo Brown, Alfonso McKinney, um, Malachi Richardson. <clears throat> we had Malcolm Miller, who's, who had just come back. Uh, we had we had a lot a lot of guys, and those guys I feel like are are talented players, and and I was out there with them. So, you know, I like I said, it, it was a a great opportunity, and I enjoyed myself. And now you're back, and we're all so happy and so thankful that you are because watching you this season, even just your growth from, you know, the 2017, 2018 season has been such a pleasure. You've always been a great defender. Like, like Dwayne said, you know, the definition of three and D, but now we see you in this leadership role and it, it's new to us. Is it new to you as well? Not really. It, like I said before, like, it's just about, it's just about trying to do and execute my responsibility to the best that I can. And you know, from that, you just hope that people will see and, you know, follow suit because, you know, it's hard for for somebody to not, you know, it's infectious when you give that kind of that energy and it makes everybody want to play hard. It makes everybody want to, you know, compete and dive for the basketball and do all the right things. Um, and it makes us a better team overall. AB playlist. Let's get into yeah, it. Let's, okay, we're going to end this off with the ultimate Aaron Best playlist. So... Mm -hmm. Wait, before you do that, I have a question again, because again, this is just me as a fan of you, but also, you know, a teammate, a friend, a brother, um, you know, before games, what are the kind of, do you have a pregame ritual that you like to get into? Tyler Ennis actually got me into drinking coffee. My second really? Five. Yeah, it was very interesting. He got, I started finding out that that's something that players did. And now um, I drink coffee before games and I never thought I'd be that guy. Tyler, yeah. Tyler doesn't strike me as a person that drinks coffee before games. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But I had to I had that duty on that team to go and get the Starbucks for a whole bunch of players that year. Mm -hmm. And one year I won game, I was like, let me try let me see what this hype is about. And I was on the bench like jittery and ready to go because all the caffeine. See, I, that, that's, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. 
Like, I don't, with my hands shaking, like, I can't do that. So know. what are some of the things you do to, like, bring the energy in terms of, like, just, you know, music? I, I remember, like, in the locker room, you're not, like, a rowdy, rowdy person. Like, you really get into the zone and you really prepare mentally before the game. So what are the type of things that you like to do before playing? Honestly, I just, it's like you said, I just like to, you know, quiet my mind and, mm-hmm. and just kind of focus on the task at hand. Um, nowadays, honestly, I listen to some gospel music before before I go to the gym. Just puts me in the right, like you know, headspace to to go out there and, and do what I got to do. That's big time. I think a lot of players should benefit from what he just said in terms of just that mental preparation. Um, something that I've been doing too is just the the visualization aspect. Like I guess meditating visually before the game of all the plays, whether it's the right plays you make, the wrong plays, because obviously you're gonna miss shots in the game. Mm-hmm. I like to try and just you know walk through the motions mentally. So that when I'm, you know, playing in the game, there's nothing that could surprise me, and I'm just kind of already warmed up mentally before I am physically. So that's 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 real cool that you said that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's something Chris Boucher mentioned um, in a post-game presser a few weeks ago was that he started meditating before games, and it's he's really seen the improvement. So, to all the young hoopers listening, you don't need to, you know, get in a total rage before before the game you can go in there like calm cool and collected and have a game like any of the three players that we've just mentioned have amen some some people it works though yeah yeah (laughs) or you can just drink a bunch of coffee like Dwayne and tyler and see what hope yeah some people be turning the music out loud and crashing down the locker room (laughs) going crazy okay let's get into it let's get into the playlist so you said gospel music to warm up but what about i Pump like what about when you want to? What song is gonna make you want to run through a wall? Honestly, right now, uh, I would say uh, "Family Ties" by uh, Baby Keem and Kendrick. That's like been something that I had playing like on the way to my workouts in the summertime and stuff. Wow, so that, was, that was a big song for me. I really like that song. Okay, um, next question. Hmm. What about like a cool down song? Like when you need to just. Get back into the zone. Hmm. I'll keep it new. So I'll say uh, Champagne Poetry by Drake. Ooh. I think, I feel like yeah. with two Toronto boys on here, we have to, uh, we have to mention. Yeah, there's got to be at least one. <laughs> yeah. At least one. And now you've been married for how many years now? Four years. Four years. Five in uh, August. Wow. So congratulations. What was your wedding song? Your first dance, Daniel Caesar. Which one? Um, it was called "Get You," I think it's called. Oh, with uh, what's her name, Caliuchis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Good choice for a wedding song. And he's from the ends. And he's from the ends. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got two Toronto mans on the on the playlist. All right, Dwayne. What else should we add to it? What other questions? Um, we can't only have three songs on a playlist. No, no, we need we need something <laughs> else. We definitely need something else to okay, add into it. What there. song do you sing at the top of your lungs in your car that you would be embarrassed if anyone saw you at a red light? Okay, so um, we're gonna get into it. So, <laughs> have you guys ever heard of Cleo Soul? No. I feel like I have. I feel like I have. Okay. So Cleo Soul, if you don't know her, uh, look her up. Um, but Cleo Soul has a song called Sunshine that I love. Okay. We're going to look so that, that one up. 
and we're gonna I'm not gonna sing it for you now, of course. <laughs> no, we won't ask you to do that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite song of all time? Oh, that's difficult. Um you can pick more than one. Okay. That makes things even more difficult. <laughs> but if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, my favorite. Uh, um, oh, man. That's, okay. a tough, that's a tough one. Favorite song of all time. Jeez. Or what's a soundtrack to your life? If you had a song to describe your life or your career. Or both. Or one for each. Okay, I like, okay, for a favorite song of all time, you're going to go the the Jay-Z uh, Grammy Family Freestyle. I love Ooh, that. wow. I love that. That's a cut. Oh, that's, a, that's a deep cut. That's a... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's for me is like, every time it comes on, like I have to, I can't, I can't listen to it without rapping the words. Like, wow. <laughs> that, that's probably the one I would pick. Way go. And soundtrack to your life. Soundtrack to my life. Mm, interesting. Soundtrack? Oh, man. Okay, let's skip that one. What song makes you immediately think of your wife that's not your wedding song? Huh. <laughs> I've never thought about this before. <laughs> um, what's the one... Um, The Cleo Soul actually um, has another song. Uh, it's called When I'm in Your Arms. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Kelsey, after the pod, you got to go Cleo Soul, whether it's Spotify or it's Apple, and you got to go ahead and just download. Well, I'm going to, and I'm also, I'm going to add this to the post when we make, I'm going to add the playlist to the posts when we make, yeah. um, when we yeah. publish this. So don't worry. We'll all be Cleo Soul fans by the end of this. You should be. Um, <laughs> soundtrack to my life is hard, though. That's like a lot of different. Like I'm a very like calculated person when I think about these questions. So like, I'm trying to give you an answer that's like suitable but like fast. So if I had to pick, huh? I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying not to go with a Drake album or something like that because then they'd be like, "Oh, he's from Toronto." No, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's definitely fine. Um, yeah, I'll say I'll say views. I like views. I know people don't people didn't like views, but I feel like it's a common theme with a lot of Drake's albums. Is it comes out, it's not really re received well, and then I like I like the actual really song too. The actual song, yeah. That that's one of my favorite Drake songs. So fact, he gets busy on that. That should definitely be on the playlist. Okay, and is that your ultimate favorite Drake song? No. Okay, what's your ultimate favorite Drake song? It's up there. Uh, my favorite Drake song, I think, would have to be Say What's Real. Ooh. Say What's Real, and then second, or like honorable mention, would be probably Views, actually. My favorite Drake song of all time is DND. I don't know why. But I just like when he, you know, gets into that bag and he's just rapping. He needs to just make champagne poetry like a series. Like we need one on every. We need more of those. We need one on every album, for sure. Okay, I think we can do like one or two more, but I can't think of what they should be. Ah, but okay. So when you lose a game, mm -hmm. what's the what's the first type of 
you know, kind of song or music you're listening to to kind of just calm you down or bring you back out of that funk? Honestly, it's, I would need something like chill, but like happy still, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, shoot, that's a good question. I, I don't know, like a specific song, I would say maybe, yeah, I would mix mix some like Cleo Soul with some Drake and something like, you know what I mean? Like just something to like take my mind away from it. Yeah. Oh, what about your championship song? Championship what song? What song is playing yeah, in your yeah. head when you hold up a championship trophy? Power by Kanye. Mm. Mm. I like Power that. by Kanye. Power by Kanye because of the, um, just, I like the way, like, it sounds. It sounds, like, almost haunting. Like, I like that. I like the, I like that vibe. That's why I like that I've been to, into a lot of British grime lately because it has, like, the church hymns in the background, but then, mm. like, the rapping over it. Like, that, I just love that sound, too. So I totally get it. Um, it's okay. We're going to edit, like, all of this out, all of the <laughs> random chit-chat. Like, nobody gives a shit that I'm listening to a lot of Stormzy these days. But <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Stormzy's great. No, he is. Stormzy is good. Stormzy is good. Okay. So we've gone through your life, your career, and now your playlist. We just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. We will see you very shortly, actually, for your first game back in Mississauga. So good luck there. Um, Thank thanks you. for joining us. Thank you for listening. I'm Kelsey. I'm out. Uh, hand it over to you, Dwayne and Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. It means a lot. Um, if I can give you some homework tonight, it would be tomorrow at the game. Anybody you want to see on this podcast, let us know and have, have them come through. But outside of that, really you know, excited that you're back with 905 because you know, I think it's always good to have someone of your caliber on the team that you know could contribute to offense, defense, and you know be the character guy that you are off the court as well. And I think it'll go a long way. So, again, appreciate you coming back to 905 and hooping in Saga City. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Bye, everyone. This was Saga feel like in the nighttime. Watch what she do when the light shine.